0: So this morning, we are so grateful for all of you mothers that are here this morning. If you're a mother, or even a spiritual mother, please stand. We just want to honor you. Yeah! <laughs> Woo. Hopefully Bill's been good to you. Has he? All right. I was going to have to kick that boy's butt otherwise. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We are so honored to have godly mothers here in this place. There's nothing that'll put the fear of the Lord in you like a godly mother and grandmother, right? we have any great grandmothers? Anybody in that season? Yeah? You married? Awesome? Great. One thing that always amazed me, and it's, it's always kind of humbling for me to speak on Mother's Day, because, you know, I, I ain't a mom, but something that always amazed me about our own kiddos, um, from the time even before they were born, while God was still knitting them together in Becky's womb, You could tell the personalities of our children. You know, we've got three kiddos, and they—they—they were born a year apart. Like we were like boom, boom, boom. You know, they're all born as close as they could be together. They are raised together. They went through the same seasons of life together. They had the same parents using the same parenting methods and everything. They pretty much learned how to crawl, wall, talk, potty, train. Like, Bethany had it easy because she watched everyone else getting trained, and so she just eases into everything. Same for driving here. You know, she's already, don't tell anybody, but she's already doing it because she's, you know, she's watched us train up, Nate and Meg. They went through all the same seasons of life and school together, and now they're moving into adulthood. we got adult children, you know, well, adult child. We have to remind ourselves he's an adult, right? Yeah, but it's all good. But they, they went through, like, everything together, and yet they are still so different from one another, still so unique from each other in just about every way that they possibly could be. For this reason alone, there is no such thing as a guidehood to, um, to mothering, to being a mother. I'm, I'm sorry to say we haven't found it yet, you know. Um, I'm going to even be so bold and brave and shocking as to say that even the Bible, like, it is just a very loose Um, guidebook giving you some biblical principles that you can live out it's not going to tell you exactly how to raise each one of your kids because they need something different from you each and every single one so unique Um, they were created on by you know on purpose for a purpose God has a, a a an intent behind their uniqueness in fact a prophet once came and shared that with Becky and and the kids were you know in their toddler years still that, um, that um, diversity is our strength and man did we need that prophetic word because diversity does not seem like strength half the time I mean just trying to pick out where to eat is a fight every single time because the one that one loves the other one hates and, and oh gosh wow I don't even want to think about it it's wearing me out anyways That is why what we are in desperate need of to be parents, and especially for you mothers, you are in desperate need of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who formed them and shaped them and purposed them, that same Holy Spirit dwells in you. You need his guidance throughout life to to help help you, basically to lead you as you lead them. Um, So there's no such thing as an all-inclusive guidebook out there. Um, although motherhood has an incredible amount of challenges, it has an incredible amount of joys as well, right? Maybe, maybe you're not in that joyous season, but hang in there, right? Joy comes in the morning. There you go. That's where the joy is, huh, grandkids? I'm seeing lots of grandmas amening that. That's where the joy comes. <laughs> if only there's a way to get grandkids without kids, huh? I <laughs> I've seen that floating around social media. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to, to be, I, I really, mm, I just wanted to celebrate and, and encourage this morning. But the Holy Spirit's like, well, am I going to do it my way or are you going to do it your way? So we're going to do it the Holy Spirit's way. Yeah. <laughs> Mothers face so many challenges out there, especially in the world. You are raising children of God in a very ungodly culture. Man, do you have your hands full. It's like you have to unteach everything that they're taught and try to guide and, and encourage. And it's just it's not easy being a parent. I mean, I, I'm not even 40 yet. I still got a couple months. Becky only has one month. Um, but, um, you know, but our kids are growing up in an entirely different world than we did. We didn't even have cell phones back when I was a teenager, believe it or not. Huh? I know, it's hard to believe right now. Anyways, completely different world. But I felt like God wanted to put his finger on one particular challenge this morning for mothers. One thing that seems to trip mothers up the most, and my wife's not here to get permission, but I know um, it, it trips my wife up the most. Like, as a father, I do everything I can to help parent and to raise our children and try to come alongside of Becky, and she comes alongside of me, and, you know, that, that whole Galatians 5 thing. Nobody likes to go to the verse before, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. What's the verse right before that? Submit to each other in mutual. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um, but we try to to, to help. But there is one thing that I cannot seem to help Becky with. One struggle that she faces that I have not figured out the solution to. And believe me, once I figure it out, I'm going to share it with you guys. You know, we'll be way better husbands and fathers, but I just, I can't seem to figure it out. It seems to be the thing that trips mothers up the most. And, um... What it is, is it's, it's this, this voice within, their own thoughts. And the reason I know what my wife is thinking is because every now and then, those lies slip out of her mouth. Every now and then I hear her say things, like I'm a failure. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm not ever going to get this thing right. I have screwed the boy up. The boy ain't right. He just, no, she doesn't say that, but... <laughs> she has she screwed them up you know she feels like she's failed them she feels like everything she does just falls apart that she's just not a good mom sometimes she's just like why (laughs) why and me as a father i find myself asking that same question too what were you thinking (laughs) come on why but perhaps one of the rawest struggles that she faces is a simple tearful cry from day to day, where she just simply says, I can't. I just can't. Any moms ever feel that way? Their children? And we thought it was gonna get easier and easier, and I don't know. It's, oh, wow. <sighs> These types of lies come from a voice within that always seems to sneak out when moms are at their absolute lowest and weakest, when they are at their weakest. And there's so many things I can help out with, but. I, I have not figured out how to counteract that voice. When my wife thinks she's ugly, and I tell her she's the most beautiful bride in all of creation, you know, she's just like, you're lying. She believes the voice inside. All of a sudden, I'm a liar, and what that voice says, everything it says is true. Uh, I see some laughs out there, so apparently she's not the only one. Good, because otherwise, you all were going to be like, we need to get that girl some counseling. We need to get her to a good doctor. (laughs) So this is a common struggle. Okay, Becky, forgive me when you, I didn't get her permission to share all these things, but, so it's common among mothers. Man, even when I speak the word of God, the word of God into those lies, just, I don't know, in the weakness of her flesh, she just, she doesn't believe it, because she doesn't feel it, right? We talked about this the last few weeks, that's why we're called to live by, walk by faith and not by sight, not by our feelings, um, but I found here, and so I'm like, okay, all right, so if, if this is what mothers are struggling with the most that are here this morning or listening online or whatever, then God, what's the answer? What's the solution? What's the solution? And so I felt God uh take me to John chapter fifteen, verse twenty-six, in the uh the Marie Harkle Road version, the the amplified. I got her permission on that one. Um and actually, you know what? another prophetic remembrance that I had recently is that we were supposed to recommit ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. And so it's cool that I can read it, but let's read through these Scriptures together today, at least the portions that are on the screen. And so Jesus' disciples are struggling. They're overwhelmed with grief. They're overwhelmed with confusion. Jesus is saying things, and it's not making sense. He's like, I'm going to leave you. You're going to be on your own. And they're just overwhelmed and confused. And, and I feel like that emotional state... Although what he was talking about is different than what mothers are going through usually. I don't think your kids are going to allow themselves to be killed, you know. But, um, but that emotional state is so much the same. And when Jesus saw his disciples in that emotionally overwhelmed, defeated, confused turmoil, Jesus said this. He said, and read together with me if you could, when the helper, the comforter, advocate... Intercessor, Counselor, Strengthener, Standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness about me. Thank you, Mr. Echo. That was Jesus' answer to his disciples. He's like, just bear with me. Try to understand this. It's for your good that I'm going away. Because if I leave, I can send the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the the voice, the spirit of truth. You've got the voice of truth within your lives, mothers. And when you're at your weakest and those lies are just running rampant, telling you all those things that you're a failure, you're not good enough, you're never going to get this right. The Holy Spirit's just like, well, are you going to listen to me or are we going to keep doing this? You know, that's why that's why God said, be still and know that I'm God. You got to still and quiet your mind that's racing a thousand miles an hour with like a hundred tabs open in your browser and you know you're just overwhelmed and be still because that still small voice is there and that's where God is. He's not in the fires that you're putting out and the wind and the earthquake and everything else that life is throwing your way and your kids are putting you through. God is in the still quiet voice declaring truth and he is wanting to comfort you. He wants to advocate for you when you're tearing yourself down. He wants to be your advocate and your intercessor when you are tearing yourself apart. He wants to save you from yourself. He wants to counsel you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to be your standby, you know? I I don't get that so much, but there he is, Donnie. You're not over there this morning. You guys are freaking me out here. We have assigned seats in this house for a reason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Donnie understands what standby is, and he knows when he has needed standby, how important standby is, right? I heard a, um, a 911 call just recently from a shooting. Um, a guy was in a shopping mall for a completely different call, an officer, and there was an active shooter. He goes running toward that shooter, calling for standby. like, Because the first time I read standby, I'm like, the Holy Spirit's the standby? He's in the passenger seat? No, he needs to be in the driver's seat. And then then I heard all these things happening in the world today, and I'm like, okay, standby is pretty important. Stand by. He's got your back. His goodness will follow you all the days of your life, right? Okay, so moms, when you're your weakest and your lowest, you're not alone. God has sent someone to be with you and for you, the voice of truth, the Holy Spirit. He testifies about Jesus and who you are in him, the voice of truth declaring who you are, your identity in Christ. The Holy Spirit, who helps you to understand and to become who you already are in Him, who I can't remember what I, I can't take that. I heard some teaching this week on some podcast. I don't remember who said it, um, or maybe social media, or you know, when, if you know the way the world is today, you got so many voices speaking in your head. I'll credit whoever it was. God is not helping you to become something that you're not. God is helping you to become who you already are. He already declared and proclaimed who you are. Now you just need to get into alignment with what the Word of God declares, right? And we need that reminder of who we are in Christ so we can become that. Jesus then goes on and he just explains to his disciples that they're going to face some pretty hard times. Jesus is the voice of truth and that means he doesn't sugarcoat things. He told them life is going to get hard for you. In fact, Jesus made that that sweet, loving promise to all of us, didn't he? In this world, you will have what? Yeah, tribulations, troubles. You're gonna have them. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, but take heart, because I've overcome the world. So you may have things happening in this world, and your children may be you know you're you're pulling them into the kingdom and they're getting pulled into the world and and it's a tug of war for your kids hearts but take heart because greater is the one within you than he that is in the world right because mothers you may be doing that tug of war in your children's lives but how often is that struggle so heart-wrenching for you because you face the same struggle and the last thing any mother or parent wants to see is their children struggling in the same way that they have. They want to break those curses, right? They want to break every generational curse and start a generational blessing that lasts through a thousand generations, right? But the struggle is real. This is what Jesus went on. He said it's going to be hard. He said there's even going to be people who kill you and think they're doing it as a service to God. It's how brutally, brutally honest he was about how real life was going to get for them. It was going to be hard. People are going to want to kill you. He said that's, and then that's when he explained the purpose for why he was sending the Holy Spirit um, to us. And he continues in John chapter 16. Um, And so Jesus said he's sending the Holy Spirit. Why? If you can read together with me. So that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. Some others, why do you got the Holy Spirit within you? personalize this yes yeah, so you don't stumble okay so that I will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away you can remind yourself of that I'm not gonna stumble I'm not gonna fall away right I'm not gonna be caught off guard right no scheme of the enemy is new in the world I'm aware of his schemes I know what the enemy's up to here, and I'm going to stomp on his head. Because enough is enough, right? Let's continue on in the next uh, sentence. And then this is Jesus speaking. I have told you these things now so that when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. When he, the Spirit of Truth, comes He will guide you into all the truth. Full and complete truth. Gives the Amplified Version. So the Spirit of the living God is inside of you to guide you into truth. All the truth, nothing but the truth, the complete truth. And trust me, nothing grieves the Holy Spirit, in my opinion... Like when we start believing a lie about who we are. You know as a mother how much you cringe when your children start believing lies about them. I can't was a curse word in our house when the kids were toddlers. Because mom and dad never ask you to do something that you can't do. You can do this, right? And when Nate was eight years old, he he was potty trained. We are so proud of that boy. (laughs) Sorry, I can pick on you because you're in here this morning. I was (laughs) and he hates being a pk because of this lord forgive me anyways (laughs) they all got your back they're gonna start bringing tomatoes to toss at me here anyways but (laughs) in those times of overwhelming weakness when you feel like you just can't Focus in on and listen for the voice of truth. You know that you're starting to believe lies and hear lies. So start listening for the voice of truth. He's going to guide you into it, the complete truth about who you are. And then, ladies, we've been sharing this week after week after week. Open your mouth. Start speaking it out and see what starts to change. There's a reason the Lord keeps reminding us to do this. Start speaking it out. I don't care if you look like you're crazy talking to yourself when you're in the middle of Walmart and you're dragging your kid and you're, you know. <laughs> start declaring the truths of God, okay? Just like was it oh, never mind. We're gonna, I think we're going to talk about that today. That wasn't last week. I, I get all confused about what God's revealed. Then Jesus went on to say this. Oh, mothers, this is coming it's coming. He went on to say this, right? And actually, I didn't include the cool part. It, the, the last part of verse 20. Jesus said, "Your grief will turn to joy. Joy is on its way. Failure's not on its way. Joy is on its way. okay? There is a day of rejoicing coming. And then he goes on, he reminds us in verse 21, that. A woman giving birth to a child has pain. Can any mother's experience any pain? For Nate, he came too early. It was past epidural time. And knows Becky's very first, you know? Whew. Yep. Sorry. So quiet here. Sorry. Anyways. The pain came. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. And I'll tell you, I've never seen my wife smile like the day that Nate was placed in her arms. That was after Grandma Tippy Toes and Grandpa Bowser got to hold her. She, she just, you know, Grandma's had that, that sense. She walked, it was hilarious. But Nate was born, she walked in the hospital right at that moment. So Grandma was the first one that got to hold him. Like, it was, was, was kind of cool, actually. But there, I've never seen a smile on her face like that when he was born. It's Like, oh, my God, he's so tiny. You know, it's just, oh, you mothers know that feeling, right? All that pain, pfft, forget about it. I think, I think she was still giving birth to the afterbirth in that moment, but she didn't even care. Like, she had her baby, so she didn't care what was happening and the pain and the anguish. So it is with you. And so it is with you. And even for us guys, I, I can't fully relate to that, but so it is with us. Okay. All of our pain and anguish, you guys know projects you've been working on? And oh my goodness, this thing's never going to end. I can't wait till this is over. Like uh, my, my mower deck's like that right now. I fix one thing, another thing goes wrong with it. I fix that thing, another thing goes wrong with it. And I'm, I'm ready to scrap it, you know? And, um, <laughs> but once it's all done and fixed and complete, it makes it all worth it. It's like, this is nice. Totally worth all the pain and blood and sweat and tears, right? Jesus said, so it is with you. You will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. No one. No one will take away your joy, right? Joy is coming, an unspeakable joy that's going to swallow up all of your hardships. Whatever you're going through right now, that is a promise of God. It's sort of like when when you're your toddler, I remember these toddler years when we lived in our first starter home in Cadogan and it was always a construction zone because, you know, we've got it for dirt cheap and, oh, those years. But when your toddlers got quiet, just for a moment, just for a moment, and you go and you turn the corner to look in the bathroom and you see them, like, there. And they've got, they got, like, the jar of Vaseline and baby powder and liquid soap and everything just everywhere. And they're covered in it, Right? covered in it. And, and before your brain and emotions kind of catch up with each other because of the shock that you're in, all of a sudden you notice the wall. And there's brown scribbling all over the place, except you don't see a brown crayon anywhere. <laughs> and then you're like, uh, sweetie, what's in your hand? Anybody ever get those, those lovely drawings from their children? Yeah? I'm going to pick on the Dolans, that's why they were late to church last week, that, that that poor woman, she'll tell you this story, you'll have to ask her, but yeah, had to get a couple of showers before uh, coming to church, and that was in the car, so, Whew. oh my goodness, but in the middle of your horror and shock and disgust, they come waddling over and they're like, I love you, and all of a sudden, all that anger just, pff, your heart just melts, right, it, that's, what, that's what we are like to our Heavenly Father. He doesn't matter the mess that we've made and the mess that we're in. When we come to him, he grabs us up and loves us. And he cleans up our mess for us. And then he teaches us not to do that again because it's not good. <laughs> it's no good at all. Somehow, pure love makes that mess just a little less messy, right? Right? And your Heavenly Father has that kind of love for you. Even if you've screwed up as a mother and you've made mistakes and you've let your kids down, it's not too late. It's not too late. There's no mess that God cannot turn around into a testimony, right? Now personally, I thought that our toddler years were never going to end, you know? I mean, I remember there's days when Becky and I would actually fight and argue over who was going to discipline them because it just got... You just got tired of doing it. But then you, you remembered this, this scripture. And um, now that our season of toddlering is over and we're going into adulthood, we do not regret. We do not regret those seasons of hard discipline because it produced in them this desire to do right. Or at least a knowledge to do right. I mean, they don't choose right every time. Neither do I. But it, it, it produced something in them. And so life is easier now. We're not dealing with some of the hardships that some of their friends' parents are going through, you know, because they're trying to, like, you know, teach them to do right now. And it's just, it's never too late, but it gets a lot harder the later you start. It's just a reality, right? It just gets harder the later in life that you start. And what reminded me of uh, this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, we are told to endure hardship as discipline. So this is a perspective shift that needs to take place. God is not judging me and punishing me and pouring out his wrath. Trust me, if God is pouring out his wrath on you, you would be a pile of ash right now. Okay? There would be no hope for you. Whenever you're going through hardships, there are times when it's just an attack of the enemy. But There are also times when God is disciplining you. That, that lovely D word. It's a curse word in Christianity, but it shouldn't be. We should... Embrace correction and discipline because he's trying to make us correct, right? Correct us, redirect us to do right. It says, God is treating you as his children, for what children are not discipline, disciplined by their father. What, what is it about fathers that, that gets the role of discipline? I mean, it's even in the Bible. I, I can't even argue that. Just wait till your father gets home, right? There's your biblical basis for it. <laughs> If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. That is, if you had a good father who disciplined you correctly, I'll preface that. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little bit, as as they thought was best. But God disciplines us for our good, so that we may share In his holiness no discipline seems pleasant at the time it's painful okay no discipline is pleasant at the time it is painful but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who allow themselves to be trained by it therefore Strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So as a mother this morning, the season you're going through may not seem pleasant at the time. It may be painful. Mother's Day may not be a time of joy for you. It may be a time of heartache and pain and remembrance of all of your hardships. But it doesn't have to end there. God, when we place it into his hands, he is able to bring beauty from ashes, life from death, I mean, you name it, he can do it. He is able to bring, work it together for good. He's not saying it's good, but he's able to work all things together for good. If you just leave it in his hands, He is able to produce from it a harvest of righteousness and peace. God is able to take the sting away from that pain so that it becomes a testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness and no longer a a badge of shame and condemnation for you. God is able. He is able to bring that season to an end and result in joy. Not only do mothers have to deal with that voice within that they struggle with, but they also have to deal with the countless voices from those around you. Others who tell you how to parent, like, that that stranger in Walmart when your toddler is throwing a tantrum. Did anybody ever get parenting advice in the middle of those moments? Yeah, they just love that advice. I I haven't met a mother yet who's accepted it. You know, it's not a good idea. Just don't do it, okay? <laughs> but they'll tell you how to parent. Uh, and, and and mothers, as much as you love your mothers and your mothers-in-law, th- that can cause some friction too, right? Especially when you're a first-time mom and. They're telling you how to raise your kid, and you're like, it's my kid, and they, you know. All those expert voices that love to tell you what to do. Then, in today's world, you've got those perfect, overachieving mothers on social media that they just post these, like, literally, it looks like it was taken in a photo studio. And their their hair's perfect, their makeup's perfect, and they're just having the most fun with their bundle of joy, and their, their chubby, cheek, little babies always just, you know, a big smile on their face, and you know. Trust me, that is not every day of their lives. No family can be that happy and that perfect, okay? But you have, you have competition like that. And you're looking at these pictures as you're scrolling through, and you're like, why can't my life be like that, you know? You have all these other voices. And this brings into mind the account of Hannah in the Bible, right? She was very loved by her husband. She desperately wanted to be a mother, and I'm not going to ask you by show of hands, but I know a lot of you were desperate. You wanted to be a mother so badly and just weren't able to conceive for so long. And you know the pain and the anguish, especially on Mother's Day, how much that hurts. But the Lord is with you, the same as he was with Hannah. She often cried and was so overwhelmed by depression that she wouldn't even eat. To make matters worse, she had this encounter at the temple, you know, which was church, you know, of, of the day. Um, you know, um, this is what happened. Um, so in her deep anguish, Hannah was praying to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord almighty, if you would just look on my misery and remember me, don't forget me, but give me a son. If you do this, I will give him to you all the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. The Nazarene vow, right? To enter the ministry. As she kept praying to the Lord, Eli saw her mouth moving because she was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice wasn't heard. Eli figured she was wasted. He said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Don't you love pastors? Aren't they just the the most loving kind? Yeah, we're a bunch of boneheads in the flesh, too. We get it wrong every now and then, right? We all do. Hannah replied, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. She wasn't pouring anything in. She was pouring it all out. Pouring it all out to the Lord. She said, don't take me for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And so Eli answered, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in her eyes. Then she went away. She finally ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Because of Hannah's gracious and honest response to Eli's accusations, that very same person, Eli, who heaped judgment on her, turned around and heaped on her hope. Such a hope in the Lord, that he was going to answer her prayer, that she was no longer downcast. Her depression was removed, and she was you know, given over then to joy. And it says in verse 19, early the next morning they arose, they worshiped together uh, before the Lord as a family. They went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. Yes, children, that's how babies are made. You not that in church, okay? And uh, the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So mothers, you face not only the voice within, all those expert voices around you, but sometimes you face some false accusers, don't you? Not just the enemy, but some people just figure you wrong and make false accusations against you. Anybody ever deal with that? Yeah. Absolutely, all of us have at some point. But it especially hurts when someone attacks your character as a mother. Don't mess with a mama bear and her children, right? Don't you dare mess with a mama bear. And that's exactly what Eli is doing, you know, coming around and calling her uh, just, just a drunk. And whew. But because she was gracious and she trusted in the Lord, she was given that truth. So this morning, Whatever voices may be rambling around through your head, whatever voices may be mumbling and speaking to you or shouting at you, whatever the case might be, this morning I hope and pray that you hear the voice of truth, that the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of truth, would guide you into all truth. Break every lie that you keep telling yourself so that you would become who God says you are, that that would be your identity. You are who the Lord says that you are. You're not a failure. And do you know how we know that? Because it's not over yet, is it? You're still drawing breath last time I checked. We haven't had to call 911, right? It's not over yet. You're not a failure. You're not a failure because it's not over yet. You are good enough. In fact, God intentionally chose you to be their mother. He knew all your weaknesses and strengths. He knew all the mistakes that you would make. Guess what? He knew all the mistakes your children would make, too. And he said, you know what? I just got a really cool example. I wish I got a camera right here. You know, even as Nikki is knitting together, you know, these cool 3D creations, and I don't know how in the world she crochets those things. You know, I, I think a rectangular quilt was enough. I think we were talking about that yesterday. Like, I can't imagine 3D objects, but as God was knitting together, just picture that, crocheting, knitting together inside of your womb, that child, he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew beforehand. And yet he still chose you to mother that child. It was not an accident. Not an accident. No matter even the circumstances of how that birth was brought about. He still chose you to be their mother. You are exactly what that child needs. And through Christ, not on your own, but through Christ, you have everything that the both of you need in an abundance. God's word encourages you to this, right? To be still. To know that he is God jesus cries out he says come to me all who labor and are heavy laden he said i will give you rest the lord declared that he will fight for you you just need to be silent again silence those voices god wants to fight your battle he wants to declare truth but you've got to silence silence those other voices in your head we're called to cast all of our anxieties on jesus because he cares for us right We are told that they who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary, walk and not be faint. We're supposed to not fear anything because God is with us. He tells us not to be dismayed for I am your God, right? He is your God. He will strengthen you, help you, uphold you with his righteous hand. It's not your own righteousness, it's just your own own abilities, your own strengths. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. I keep using my left hand, but it's his right hand, right? Jesus said, my grace, my grace, oh, the grace of God. It's sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. God's not ashamed of you because of your weaknesses. God's excited about your weaknesses because he can be your strength. He can fill in those voids in your life. Therefore, Paul said, I'll boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content. There is a key to happiness in life, isn't it? Not even joy, happiness in life. Content, godliness and contentment, it's gain. Paul said, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. He's content with all these things that mothers receive all the time, right? Why is he content with them? Because when he's weak, then he's strong. It's no different with you mothers. In your moments of weakness, that is when Christ becomes your strength. That's when he uplifts you with his mighty right hand. That's when he lifts you up. And, of course, we remember, you know, this this truth about Jesus. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet he did not sin. And if we start believing these voices of truth, the word of God, what the spirit of truth is declaring, then this will be your anthem, right? This will be what everyone declares and proclaims about you. They will say, Mother, she, she's clothed with strength and dignity. Get this, she's clothed with it. It's not her own, right? She's clothed with it, and where does she get that? From heaven's wardrobe. She is clothed with power and strength from on high, right? Through the Holy Spirit. Clothed from on high with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Laugh at the calamity that's coming your way, because you know trouble's coming your way. Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow has enough troubles of its own, right? They're coming, but you can laugh at them, because nothing can get you down. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Where does wisdom and faithful instruction come from? From here, right? The Word of God, it's where? It's in your heart, it's in your mind. Where is it supposed to be, ladies? On your tongue declare it proclaim it speak it it will change your family it will change atmospheres around you it will change things wherever you go you can change Walmart <laughs> just speak it speak the truth she watches over the affairs of her household she doesn't eat the bread of idleness her children arise after she wakes them up six times and they call her blessed Her husband also praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And I challenge you ladies, I know this is a poem that some chick wrote for some king, right? But I want to encourage you, on your own, just you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, personalize this and speak it about yourself. I am clothed with strength and dignity. I can laugh at the days to come. I speak with truth and wisdom. I watch over the affairs of my household. I don't eat the bread of idleness. My children arise and call me blessed. My husband, he praises me. Many women do noble things, but I surpass them all. Start boasting in yourself. All you're doing is speaking the word of God over your own life. I can see already, it's kind of cringy. You're like, I don't want to lie. <laughs> I see some of the cringy, uneasy, like, I can't say that about me. Start speaking it about yourself. Because you are becoming all of these things. Even when you just cursed your kid out, you're like, oh, say, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> Ask his forgiveness. And then you can say, I speak with wisdom and faithful instruction is on my tongue. Right? Start speaking. Into existence, right? Isn't that what God does? He speaks to things that are not as if though they were. I think it's in Hebrews, right? He speaks to things that are not as if though they were. You're not speaking lies. You're speaking faith. You're speaking into existence what God already spoke. You're speaking truth. Don't let the enemy deceive you and make you think you're speaking lies by speaking this about yourself. You're speaking truth because it is the truth of God's word. It is what Jesus says about you. To start speaking it over your own life. Try it. That's why I said to do it alone at first, because, you know, you'll be more comfortable. And as you speak it, repeat it. And every time you repeat this, let boldness arise. Let faith arise. And you're going to go from speaking it, to declaring it, to proclaiming it, and eventually, you're going to start believing it. And guess what happens when you start believing it? Everything you ask for, and you do not doubt you receive you will become it so you see how it all starts with speaking it it is on your tongue right there it is it is on your tongue all right so ladies be blessed we're blessed by you we are so grateful for the godly women that are here in this house and the ones that are still coming in and so god i pray your richest blessing over every mother that is here today, and even those who were not able to make it, and those who are listening online. God, I pray a richest blessing over their life. I silence, silence the voice of doubt, any voice that speaks in opposition to your word, Jesus. I don't care where that voice is coming from, we silence it in your name, Jesus. And I declare your word of truth over each woman, over each woman, that she would become all that you have already declared her to be, that she would become all that she was created to be, that you would give her strength and wisdom in her moment of weakness, Jesus. Be her strength in your name. Amen.